Hi, and welcome to Designed for Life, the podcast that brings design and technology teachers and business leaders from across the UK together as we collectively seek to inspire, energize, and create the workforce of the future. Hi, and welcome to Design for Life, the podcast brought to you by the Design and Technology Association, together with our partners with the Edge Foundation and PTC Onshape. Without whose support, we would not be here. Welcome back. And for those of you joining for the first time, you're coming at the end of a mini series. We decided we wanted to focus in on an initiative that the association put together a couple of years ago called Teachers in Residence. Teachers in Residence is put in place really to give teachers who've come the traditional route into teaching, that is school, university, back into school, an opportunity to get into industry for three to five days get a complete 360 degree look at an industry, learn more about it, feel it, actually be in there, and then to take those experiences back to their school, back to their students, and for it to inform their teaching. So far, if you haven't heard them already, you've missed short podcasts with Mario De Freitas, who was the first teacher on the podcast that took a placement at Bulletproof Design Agency in London. We then spoke with Debbie Inman, who's talent partner at Bulletproof, about the employer side of this and what the employer gets from it. And we're back today with Stephanie Tomlinson, Stephanie, a teacher from Queen Elizabeth School, talking about her experience at Bulletproof, how it has helped her and what she's brought back. And what you find with these podcasts, I believe, is that every teacher is gaining something pretty unique from these experiences. So without further ado, to the podcast, Designed for Life, in conversation with Stephanie Tomlinson. Hi, and welcome back to Designed for Life, the third in our little mini-series looking at teachers in residence. And I'm here today with teacher Stephanie Tomlinson. Stephanie, hi. Hello there. How are you? I am really good. Thank you. Really good. Doing a podcast is always a good way to end a Friday. Can I hand over to you? Would you mind just talking about who you are, what your school is, and just a little bit about you, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, my name's Stephanie. I am the Assistant Head of Technology at Queen Elizabeth School in Barnet, which is a state school. It's a selective grammar school, all boys, and we've got a really thriving technology department. It's a slightly different school, isn't it? Uh, for those people that are listening that won't know much about it, I think I read in the Times it got into the top 10 high-performing schools in the country. So although it's a state yeah. school, it's a very, very difficult school to get into because it is performing at such an incredible level. Yeah, it's extremely academic. We are fortunate to have boys who are really eager, engaged, and have a passion for technology. So we thrive off that as well. A really strong department. I know we've worked with you for a, a good number of years with various bits and pieces, but a very, very strong department and a very highly regarded department within the school, yeah? Yeah, definitely. We're headed up by Michael Noonan. I mean, he's been the head of the department at Queen Elizabeth for quite some time now. And luckily, as a subject, we're really valued. We're held in high regard. We're promoted frequently. And that is reflected in our GCSE and A-level numbers. There's more than one Irishman in that department, so they haven't got you speaking Gaelic yet. They haven't managed to do that. Not quite. <laughs> 
We're here to talk about teachers in residence, and you also went into Bulletproof. Can I ask you, first of all, what was it that drew you to teachers in residence? What was it about it that made you think, yeah, that might be for me? Yeah, it caught my eye because uh, I hadn't seen anything like that before, which specifically targeted teachers. You can, of course, do internships and placements at companies through your university years. But I had just left university and wanted to get a feel for industry. That's something that I didn't think I had a great deal of experience of at that point. So for me, it was all about getting a new experience in a world that was unknown to me. And I was quite willing to go headfirst into that. I did take off some time out of my school holidays to go to Bulletproof. So that just tells you how much I wanted to be there. And yeah, I loved every second of it. We tackled this with Mario and I said to Mario, taking time out of your school holiday is no small undertaking because those people that don't teach won't know how valuable that holiday is. I remember at half terms, I used to sleep. So as I was ready for the next half term. You're absolutely right. Teaching is a demanding profession. And when you're trying to deliver a subject to such a high standard at all times, that is draining. But I felt that the long-term gain was going to be worth it. And I wasn't wrong. Let's look at Bulletproof then, because I just want to explore your experience there. First of all, before you went in, what were you anticipating it would be like? I really wasn't sure what to expect because I had a few emails back and forth with Debbie, who was the talent manager at Bulletproof. And instantly, even through email correspondence, there was this friendly feel. And that's something that you don't necessarily get those kind of correspondence in teaching because everything's so professional. And even though it was very professional, I was like, oh, there's a curiosity about them. They want to get to know me. They're interested in what I can bring to the table. And equally, you know, that was the same back. So I had no real expectations. And when I got there, that's when it all sort of came to light. Was there any apprehension maybe of going in and thinking, you know what, am I going to be good enough for this? Yeah, there was a little bit of that because the people that, you know, you're working with, they're working with mega brands. And that can be a little bit intimidating because you think, gosh, they are at the top of their game. They have a really rigorous hiring process. They get the very best people. And I was somewhat worried that I might not fit into that environment, but it wasn't like that at all. And I think that me feel like I could give to them as much as they were giving to me. Okay. We went through with Mario and talked about the entrance into Bulletproof, which is really odd you know you go in on that ground floor and you could be going into any office building in the world and then you get in the lift and you get transported into this feels like you're coming out into a nightclub that sort of vibe to it with a black wall in front of you yeah and immediately you know you're somewhere creative don't you you do you know you walk out from the lift and there's sort of neon lights straight away you turn left and everything is so colorful and vibrant and busy there was a buzz and I went there when there was still kind of like in COVID time so they were telling me that it wasn't busy at all but people felt like they were getting work done and that they were doing important work as well that was from straight away as soon as I walked in people were so friendly they were like oh hi you know nice to meet you introduce themselves so yeah Teach computer-aided design without the hassle use Onshape and the cloud for free 
Talk us through the first day then, because the first day when you arrived there, what was the experience of that first day? So the first day I sat with Debbie, she introduced me to the CEOs. I got to have coffee with them. Everything was really laid back and they wanted to get to know my story. I think that's something that really stood out to me actually about them is that they want to get to know who you really are. And they had that approach with every member of staff they had there. So I think there was a great sense of value within Bulletproof. People knew what they could bring to the table, but equally they were recognised for it. And my first day was spent talking to people within the company. That was actually across the whole of the three days. And it was sort of very fast paced in one meeting into the next. And I just got to interview people essentially even right down through from HR, strategy, client services, product design, which was my background. I got to meet a lot of people. And even one person who was an old Elizabethan from my current school works at Bulletproof too. So there was kind of this instant connection. And I felt that maybe I was supposed to be there. Like it was a sign. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realise that there was one of the alumni there. Did you know that beforehand or just bump into them? No, I didn't. I just bumped into them. And when I said that I worked at Queen Elizabeth, they were like, no way, really? And then we got chatting about how the school has changed over the years, because I think that they went to the school maybe in the 80s. So things have changed since then. I would have thought so, yeah. Although not that much maybe at Queen Elizabeth. I don't know, maybe, but I'm sure it has changed. But there's a history to it, isn't there, that, that is really important? There is, but I do think there is a misconception that Queen Elizabeth is a little bit of an exam factory, and that's just not the case. Wellbeing is placed in such high regard. Enrichment is threaded through every single thing we do, especially in tech. This weekend, I'm due to go to the VEX Robotics National Championships in Telford, and I think it's a lighthearted place to be. But equally, it's also serious. People do like to get the job done there. And I think that environment does breed success. And the results show that. I wasn't implying that at all. I mean, I, I worked for the PTI for a short while years ago. So I know the school pretty well. And I know that actually doing the right things produces the results. That's the scheme at the end of it. So over the three days... What were the best bits that stood out for you that helped your professional development? Because this, after all, is a professional development opportunity. It's a chance for you to become a better teacher. Yeah. What was it that you had got from the three days that helped bring back to school? I think for me, I gained a better understanding about the jobs and the roles that existed within the business. Because I had always thought that if you went to somewhere like Bulletproof, that you were going to be doing the designing, like the graphics, maybe in one of their three hubs, you would be a midweight designer or a senior designer. But then when I realized that there were still creative people working in Bulletproof who were doing so many other things, that's when I thought, okay, this is what I can bring back to the classroom. And this is directly what I can say to the students is, look, you don't have to be amazing at this, this and this. Are you good with people? Are you great at giving a pitch? That has a place in companies like Bulletproof. And equally, I went back and I run my classroom like a design consultancy. All of a sudden, everything became way more serious and everybody had their role, just like they did in Bulletproof. It wasn't just 24 pupils in a room with me giving instructions and, okay, following that typical lesson plan of starter, moving on to the main activity, 
considering differentiation and all of the tick boxes that we have to think about. It wasn't like that anymore. I felt like I got back to what's really important. And that was, are we having fun in the classroom? Is this important? And can it actually be seen in a real life application? Will this be useful for them when they leave here one day? And it gave me that wider perspective, which I hadn't grasped fully before. Which is so valuable. Your tweet at the time, I've mentioned to you since, I nicked it, I screenshotted it and nicked it because I just loved it. You know, you, you actually tweeted, if you remember correctly, you, you showed your classroom, picture of your classroom, you said, this is the first time that the students will enter a studio and not a classroom. Yeah. I just love that. And that, and that was real, wasn't it? That wasn't just for Twitter. No, absolutely not. You know, you left there feeling so powerful in a way because you sort of got your enthusiasm. It was like that little fire in your belly that thought, gosh, I need to deliver this. And I've said this before as well, which is that I did feel that I wish it was my pupils there that got to see what that design consultancy and others are like. Because when you see it for yourself and you see it with your own eyes, that's when the sparks start flying. I can do so much by going back and trying to deliver myself. But what's great about Bulletproof is that they're quite willing to provide ongoing partnerships with schools. They want to outreach further. And I think a lot of other companies could follow suit. Well, we're hoping they will. We're really hoping that others will pick up from this because we want to give this experience to as many people as possible. One of the things you said, Stephanie, which I think is really interesting, is that you said it. At one stage, it made you wonder whether you'd gone the right route. You know, you've gone into teaching, you've gone yeah. into education rather than going into business. And it made you question that. And in a way, that's a good thing, I think. It's a good thing as long as you've come down on the line that you're in the right place at the moment. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, that was so strange for me because I did go straight from university straight into school and my timetable was quite busy from the beginning I felt after my degree that I just didn't want to go into industry because you know it was a tough couple of years I thought I would just want to be in a different environment and I thought maybe I'd return back in maybe 10 years or whatever it was I do love schools I love working with people and in my mind I had this idea that going into design would mean that I'm just going to be sat in front of a computer all day and I didn't want that but then when I went there, I realized, actually, no, it isn't like that at all. Even though my university offer placements, I went and did my placement in a school to see if I would like it. I went to QE. So when I went there, I was chatting to Debbie at lunch and I was going, this client services stuff, especially strategy for me, was the part I loved the most because in terms of the whole design process that early phase is what I find the most interesting and I and they were talking about sort of trips they'd done abroad to Russia and how that influenced one brand that they were working on at the time even now I still have in the back of my mind oh that could be an option for me because I would never want to rule somewhere like bulletproof out of the picture and I can be quite open and honest with that for my pupils. They know that. They know that Miss loves design. They know that I like to be in that environment. Good thing for them. Because a lot of pupils will go, well, if you like it so much, why aren't you doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would. So I'm not ever ruling it out. I think it's quite healthy for, for students to know that that's still there. That's still itching. That desire isn't completely gone. And maybe one day I'll satisfy it. Maybe one day I'll go back and just give yeah. it a go and see. 
you're easily young enough to do that. So there's no pressure. There's no time pressure on that. You can do that as and when. Yeah. Did you see any similarities? Probably an unfair question, but did you see any similarities between the way that the studio ran and the way that, that your department runs? And were there things that you think, well, actually, yeah, we're not that far off? Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned before, you know, the department, I mean, it is a successful one. But I think the reason why it has a similarity to Bulletproof is that we encourage that level of curiosity. There is no right or wrong in tech at QE. And we want to see people do their very best, whatever that means for them. All as a department go above and beyond. And that's what Bulletproof do too. There is no member of staff there that is just doing their regular day and going, okay, bye. They've got an investment, an emotional investment. Everybody can have some kind of like, well, this is my job and I've got to do it. I'm getting paid for this. But when you bring that emotional factor in, when you really care about the work that you do, that's when you see what you do with Bulletproof and you see what you do at QE. There were definitely things, though, that I took from Bulletproof that we weren't doing as well space within the workshop is somewhat limited there is a constraint to a classroom environment or a workshop environment everywhere at bulletproof was open space people can talk to each other so maybe in the future i think that dnt will head that way in terms of creating a wider more collaborative space for children to come in and work that way that's a really good point because that collaboration i saw that in bulletproof i spent i spent half a day there few years ago now and i just saw people sitting around i sat in on one meeting they were talking about a gin bottle i talked about this on one of the other podcasts and they just came at it from completely different angles and and they were disagreeing with each other and they were nudging each other in different directions but i actually felt quite blessed to be sitting in on the conversation because it was a very high level designed conversation which Mm. they were holding so naturally you want that in your classroom but it's a little harder to produce isn't it i mean a they're not quite as mature sometimes the kids so they haven't quite got it within them to hold that level of conversation and b sometimes it's the physical environment that stops it yeah you're right that physical space people often overlook but going back to that point that you said about the conversations that were being had that's something that bulletproof again emphasized was that the people we have working for us we actually want them to be different that's why they were so keen to hear about why are you here? What are you doing? How did you get into teaching? What's your life been like? Because even in the subtleties and the really nuanced elements about your life, they thought that that could do something in regards to like bringing a new idea or something like that. So yeah, encourage that individuality within your classroom. Talk about people's culture, beliefs, wider society. Talk about the person that they are because ultimately in design, we are designing for people. So bringing that user-centered approach, they are doing it even within their own system at Bulletproof. And that's really translatable into the classroom. The Edge Foundation, preparing young people to thrive in a fast-changing world. It's a leading question. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Mario just to finish off. In what ways do you think that this helped you to become a better teacher? It was described by one teacher as the best professional development I've ever had in my life. I'm not suggesting that you need to say that, (laughs) but what was the value of it and has it made you a better teacher? 
yeah, so straight off the bat, it's definitely made me a better teacher. Continuous professional development is often seen as this, okay, we're all going to sit in a hall and we're going to go through a PowerPoint. An outside speaker might come in and, and they are great and they've definitely got their place. But in our practical subject, you're going to have teachers which work in a visual space as well, even by their own nature and characteristic. They're probably not going to be people who like to sit in front of a screen and read PowerPoint slide after PowerPoint slide. So to actually do something practical, be out of the classroom, be in the environment in its full immersive experience, you can't come close to that. Nothing will ever come close to that. And for me as a teacher, not only do I feel like it's benefited my pupils significantly because I don't just look at Bulletproof now for outreach opportunities. I'm looking everywhere, any industry, any business that wants to work with us or provide an opportunity to the young people that we have, I'm on it straight away and I keep following it up because life is busy for both parties. So you have to have that like grind to get there. And when you do, it pays off. The other part of it too, for me, like personally, is it's raised my ambition sort of tenfold. There are people there who are young, just like me, who I saw, wow, you are the best in your field. And my mum always says to me, actually, look, it doesn't matter how old you are. It matters how good you are. And go off that because I've just continuously pushed myself to do more within the department within the wider school, within wider schools as well, and a lot more for DNT. And that's why I'm doing this podcast with you. This is something that's completely out of my comfort zone. I was an extremely shy child at school and doing things like this, I would have said no to. And it just goes to prove that little instances in your life, little pivotal moments can make a big difference going forward. And Bulletproof was one of those pivotal moments for me that's wonderful that's wonderful you know when we thought of this three years ago i could only dream of conversations like this so it's really nice to hear that sort of feedback stephanie thank you so much for doing the podcast and thanks for stepping outside your comfort zone as well because i know i was just talking to somebody just before this that we're thinking of doing a podcast with in the future and he's very successful and said really will people want to hear what i've got to say yeah, you do think that. Do you know that imposter syndrome? It sits there right through your life. Doesn't matter how old you are, mm. you've just got to shrug the bugger off and get on with it. Sometimes it's. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much, and and thanks for taking part in teachers and residents. It's really helped us to see what it can do and how good it can be. So it's made us strive to push it even further and get it even faster. So thank you. No worries, and thank you very much again to Bulletproof for provided this opportunity for me and and others in the future. It's been fantastic. I really hope you enjoyed that and I hope you've enjoyed this short mini-series of Design for Life. I want to take this opportunity to thank the Institute of Mechanical Engineers for their support with this initiative. And if you're an employer listening to this or if you are an employee who feels that their company may want to get involved in this and may be interested in hosting a teacher for three days, please do reach out to us. Probably the easiest way to do that will be via the podcast email address which is designedforlife at designtechnology.org.uk. If you could contact us, we'll be in touch. We'll have a conversation with you and we'll sort it out at a date that's convenient for you. We've got teachers lined up who really, really want to get out to industry, want to get into business. I want to take that experience back to their schools and we need placements urgently. So if you have got an idea on that or you feel that you're 
business would be able to take somebody on board for that, please, please do reach out to us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with the next episode of Design for Life soon. Until then, please take care. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you did, hit the subscribe button now as we have guests lined up for future pods that will inform, inspire, and entertain. This podcast is brought to you by the Design and Technology Association.